Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season two, episode 13 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Daddy Issues. I got all these daddy issues. What can I do? Yeah, I was thinking there was going to be more than one dad that that's referred to, but it's really just the one. Yeah, just just the worst of them all. Just the, the lowest tier one above perhaps only Giuseppe Salvatore. Yeah, I got some issues with this dad. I'll tell you that. As always, we will start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. John Gilbert's return to Mystic Falls comes as an unhappy surprise to Elena, Jenna, and Damon. Caroline lets Stefan know about her conversation with Tyler, and Stefan does his best to reach out to a confused and conflicted Tyler. Jeremy comforts Bonnie after her disturbing conversation with Jonas. That gives a lot of credit to something that's really five seconds of the episode. When Jules takes a hostage, the situation quickly escalates into a violent confrontation. So we open the episode at the Forbes house in the morning. Caroline is leaving and Tyler is standing there looking very much pissed. Oh, yeah, he is fuming. And he says, we need to talk. And Caroline doesn't pick up on quite all the anger. She's like, yeah, you're right. We do need to talk. Look, it was one kiss. Let's not overanalyze it. Matt's still in the picture, blah, blah, blah. We can't go there. And Tyler's like, fine. Tyler's like, that's not what I was coming here to talk about. Like, do you not see how pissed I am? He did soften during this at least because I think it like brought him back a little bit. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I did kiss her. I did like her. Yeah. She starts to like walk toward her car and he says, hey, what happened to my Uncle Mason? And she stops like in her tracks, like one foot up. And she's like, what? Yeah, she pretty quickly, I think, can tell where this conversation is going. She does not play it off well at all as soon as he brings it up because he wouldn't be bringing it up unless he knew something. Yeah, why would he be asking her this unless he knew something? Because in what world would she have any information about that? That he wouldn't already know. Yeah, why would he be asking it mad? Like maybe if it was like, oh, does your mom have any updates on Mason? Mm-hmm. But like- that's clearly not what this is. He's asking it like, tell me what happened to Mason. I know, you know, and she's like, e, how do I spin this? But it just it's moving too fast. Yeah. So she tries to play dumb. She's like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Ha ha ha. And then Tyler's basically like, OK, so let me tell you, Stefan and Damon killed him because Stefan and Damon are vampires. And at this point, I don't think this move would have worked. But if I were Caroline, I would be like, what? Yeah. Stefan and Damon Salvatore are vampires? I mean, it's just so funny that Tyler earnestly believed she was the only vampire in town. Like, I guess werewolves don't need another werewolf to turn them. But he'd be like, hey, I know you were alone when you turned, but like, just like, how did that happen? Yeah. He's known her since childhood. Based on the way she's talked about it, he has to assume that she hasn't been a vampire since her childhood. I mean, yeah, he just wasn't really thinking critically. Yeah, I guess that's not really his thing. That's not really Tyler's M.O. And so (laughs) Caroline says, hey, who told you about uh, Stefan and Damon? And so, of course, he's like, well, is it true? And it's like, well, obviously it's true. I just asked who told you. Like, why would I ask that if it were not true? I would just say, no, that's not true. So she offers to explain and Tyler says, hey, did you know Mason was dead this whole time? And after a little bit of pushing, she admits that, yes, she absolutely did. 
He pushes her against the car. He's really mad. He's like, I trusted you. And then he storms off. And Caroline knows this conversation didn't go well. Yeah, I mean, he's mad and for good reason because he's been very stressed about this. And also, I'm sure there's a part of him that's like, oh, she was only being nice to me because she knew this and felt bad for me. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't open up to like anyone. He doesn't have any friends. Even Vicky, he never opened up to really. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a little bit of betrayal. Not only that he opened up to Caroline and this happened, but also they opened up to Mason a little more. And Mason is now dead. Like he just does not have anyone in his corner at the moment. He has no allies or friends. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is having a little sad boy moment in the shower. He's watching the news and they're reporting on the deaths at the booster club dinner, which were courtesy of Rose. They're talking about the deaths of a group of campers and a park ranger, which were courtesy of Jules and the death of a girl named Jessica, which was courtesy of Damon. And they're saying, we think these might all be linked. What is iconic about this is they're just done lying about animal attacks. Like they were like, oh, it was a drunk assailant or something, which like is honestly less believable than an animal attack. Yeah. And a little scarier because it's like an animal. It's like, oh, I won't go in the woods. Yeah. Who's this crazy drunk, like mass killer in our town? Who, by the way, we have no leads on. Yeah. who, Who might have killed all these people, but they might be different ones. Could they not have just said, and we caught him. It's all good. Sorry to one of the deputies, but- you got to take one for the team, my guy. <laughs> just be like, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, Deputy Jones, you just graduated the academy. Like, you're the low man on the totem pole. Like, you will be getting arrested for this. Um, and we'll clear you in five years when everyone forgets. But for now, you will have to be in jail and have your name slandered on the news. And we're so sorry about that. Go on Google Images, Google Mugshot. And just put that on the news. You don't have to put someone actually in jail for this. (laughs) Why? (laughs) The first picture that comes up when you Google mugshot. You say, oh, and it was uh, Logan Fell. You remember him? He's gone again, though. Like, don't worry, we got him this time. (laughs) And it was um, uh, Mason Lockwood. (laughs) That's where he's been. The reporter goes on to say that there is no comment from the sheriff. Yeah, I bet there ain't. And yeah, she was like, I don't even know how to do this anymore. She says literally no comment. (laughs) But there was a comment from Mayor Lockwood who spoke today and they show Carol talking about how they're going to have a memorial in the town square today because there's been a lot of death lately. So as we're watching Carol talk about the memorial they're going to have, We transition over to the Gilbert house where John also happens to be watching the news. And then as Elena comes in, John turns off the news because we've gotten all the information we're going to get from the news today. Yeah. And Elena says, hey, why are you here? I don't want you here. Don't avoid the question. And he's like, hey, sweetie. He says, coffee. (laughs) And she's like, no, we already did that. Now you're telling me what you're doing here. And he says that he's here to protect her. And that's all he can say for the moment until he's sure he can trust her. What? Why are you protecting someone you don't trust, first of all? Second of all, why don't you trust your daughter? Third of all, I think you're the one we shouldn't be trusting. Fourth of all, he could have just said, I'm here to protect you. I wouldn't have thought there was more to that sentence until all of a sudden you're like, that's all I'll say until I can trust you. What else is there? Well, also like, oh, there's more you're not telling me. Like, so the actual reason is different than you protecting me. Of course, leave it to John to just have no tact. Yeah. 
That's the Gilbert way. Although not the least tact in town as we see the werewolves descend. Jesus. <laughs> so then Jenna comes downstairs. She's kind of fumbling because she's running late. Her and Alaric are laughing because she pressed snooze like three times. And then the laughter quickly ceases when Jenna spots John. She's very confused to see him there because she hates him. And Alaric is very confused because he thought uh, he was done. And he thought maybe he might hear from Isabel, but he did not think John was coming. Yeah, he had mentally prepared to maybe have Isabel talk to someone, but even Isabel wouldn't have been in the house in the morning. Yeah, And, you know, Jenna sees John and she had the exact same reaction I did when I saw him come down. I was like, oh, no, not you. (laughs) And so Alaric is like, "Okay, I'm going to go. And then Jenna is like, "Um, hey, I'm so confused. And John says, oh, no need to be confused. I just came back here to stay for a bit. And Jenna's like, um, I didn't invite you. Yeah, Jenna says, well, you can't stay here. And John says, um, actually, you can't stop me from living here. And Jenna says, mm, I'm Elena's legal guardian. And John says, actually, Elena, do you want to tell Jenna what's up? And Elena really doesn't want to, but she does. She's like, hey, should have told you this earlier. Got that right. But John's my father. And first of all, this doesn't like, cut off Jenna from being her legal guardian like he could I'm sure fight for parental rights but like I mean there's already this legal guardian process so there's that second of all being someone's dad doesn't mean you can just stay wherever you want (laughs) like you still have to be welcomed into a home but Jenna doesn't seem to know enough about the law to like really fight this she's just standing there shook yeah well and she's also like it's seven in the morning and John has shown up and then like, I'm staying here now. She's literally like, it's seven in the morning. Like, what is she supposed to do with this? So then we go over to the Salvatore house and Damon is having a similar reaction to John. He's like, you brought back John Gilbert and Stefan said, I went looking for Isabel. I found John. It was the best I could do. He offered to help and we are desperate. Talk about discount section. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Damon says, we're not that desperate. And Stefan says, actually, we kind of are. We know that Bonnie's witch friend is working with Elijah, so we have to assume the Moonstone was never destroyed. And Elena's putting all of her trust into a deal from Elijah. And we don't trust him because he's an original, by the way. And remember, we can't kill him because he won't die. These are fair points. You know, you can make all sorts of arguments about whether these people are worthy of trust or not, that's kind of a theme through this whole episode is like, who should you trust? Who shouldn't you trust? That comes up a lot. But I don't really know that they have any more information that would lead them to trust Isabel than Elijah. Like I put that at least on even footing, honestly, in the the trustability, trustworthiness. (laughs) But at least they can kill Isabel if she wrongs them. That's true. That is true. They can use that as a fight. But Damon also agrees with you that he's like those are great points but i still don't see why john gilbert is the answer and stefan says look he knew about the sacrifice isabel told him he said he knew about a way to keep elena safe i don't know what to tell you and damon's like awesome what's the way to keep elena safe and stefan said well he's not really telling me that yeah stefan's like well we haven't really gotten that far like he doesn't trust me yet and damon's like Damon starts to storm off and Stefan says, oh, by the way, I'm sorry about Rose. And Damon says, whatever. I knew her for five minutes. And Stefan says, well, you cared after five minutes. Wonder what that means. And Damon is like, I am so fucking pissed right now. And now you're bringing this up. I just can't. I just can't. And Damon does like a little 
sarcastic, half sarcastic comment that he's like, oh, I'm evolving. I'm becoming a man capable of greatness. And then he says a line that I want to point out because he says, like, if you're not careful, I'm going to like steal your hero hairdo and take your thunder. This is not the last time we'll hear the phrase hero hair. Okay. I've never understood it so much so that it was almost the last line of the show. Something about hero hair. Huh? I swear to God, there's a point later in the show where I've, I never noticed them say it before. There's a point later in the show and I can't tell you when I have no idea, but he said it like it was a thing I should recognize. And I've never been able to track how exactly that became an iconic thing, but it became like an iconic, like catchphrase moment. To be fair, he said it this time as though we should recognize this phrase. Yeah. I've never heard it before. And I, you know, clocked this because it was weird. And I was like, what is, I was like, oh, is he going to get a haircut this episode? Like, that feels like a weird plot point. Like, when I tell you, I do not understand this phrase. And I heard him say it this episode. And I was like, we need to have a chat about this now. Because I need you to be prepared for the fact that we are going to hear the phrase hero hair multiple times and never once will it make sense. They will always be saying it like it's a wink to something. And at some point, the fandom like picked it up because, again, they almost made it the final line of the show. So here's my thing. Obviously, this phrase is stupid. Yeah. But if I'm going with the idea that this phrase is an actual thing, I would not argue Stefan has the best hero hair. I would argue it for Elena's ponytail this episode. Yeah, no, that's, Mama, that's hero hair. I would argue it for Caroline, to be completely honest. Yeah. And I could see Stefan up there. For the men, Stefan is the best hero hair yeah, we have at this true. moment. He doesn't have a lot of competition. I was going to try to make a case for Jeremy, but you I can't. Know. Jeremy has good hair, but it's not hero hair. I knew you were going to try to make a case for Jeremy because he's got good hair. And you know what? Even Alaric has good hair but we can't make the case for hero hair. Hero hair, my first thought was like, he was like, maybe he's making fun of Stefan for like having like Superman-ish hair. But even that's, I think that's exactly what it is, but it doesn't track. It's a reach because Stefan doesn't use enough gel for that to be like a, a burn. His hair doesn't look goofy enough for that to be a burn. It's like, so you're making fun of him because he looks like canonically one of the hottest men. Yeah, it's not like his hair is that different than Damon's. Like, that's the thing. It just feels weird to try to make fun of Stefan for looking like Superman. Like, no, like it feels like a compliment, honestly. Yeah. And also there's way better things to make fun of Stefan for. Yeah. Than being hot. I don't get it. I mean, it was certainly a choice. You know, Damon has a lot of zingers, but he's going through something right now. (laughs) So like (laughs) Epic before it. This is a phrase we will hear again and again. And I just want everyone to be mentally prepared for it because it never goes down smoothly. Like every time it's like, ah, it always feels like they really shoehorned it in there. Yeah. Every time it's like, okay, what does that mean again? Yeah. It never made sense to me. Anyway, then Stefan gets a text from Caroline that says 911 now. And this is goofy because the now is all caps. Girl, I think 911 implies the urgency. Yeah. Uh, was that not urgent enough? You had to add the now. <laughs> but hey, I mean, it was very urgent. So I get it. But it just felt like a lot. It was effective. Yeah, he did come right there. <laughs> yeah. 
So then quickly we see a shot of the Lockwood house where the doorbell rings and Tyler lets Jules in. Simultaneously at the Forbes house, Caroline lets Stefan in. And Caroline doesn't waste any time. She says, okay, so Tyler knows about you and Damon and that you killed Mason. And I didn't say a word, BTW. You know, she starts out, she rips the bandaid off, gives him all the information he can deal with it then. Yeah, Stefan is like, well, that makes sense because I know it was Jules. She had all this information and Damon provoked her. So that makes sense. And Caroline's like, oh my God, Tyler felt so betrayed. I felt so bad. Are you going to tell Damon? And Stefan doesn't really answer it. He says, you know, Damon already wants to kill Tyler because he thinks all werewolves should die. And actually, you know what, Caroline? He's not totally that far off base to think that because he might retaliate and he has every right to. Yeah, it's not that crazy to think that. I mean, I understand wanting to protect Tyler because they don't really know that much about werewolves and like Tyler has known them longer than he's known about the werewolf thing. But after this episode, we see those are fucking, they are not calm. They are not a calm people. Yeah. And so Caroline says, look, I think we have to reason with Tyler before he does something stupid. She's like, you know what, Stefan? You should talk to him. You should explain because you always know the right thing to say. And you know what? Tyler's my friend. And Stefan's like, yeah, okay. Stefan's like, yeah, that sounds like my kind of job. Yeah, he's got enough. He said, yeah, look, did you see my hero hair? He's like, oh, so the hero hair is uh, it's spreading today. Huh? And she said, what do you say? And she was like, what the fuck does that what mean? does that mean? <laughs> so then we go check in at the Lockwood house where Jules is like, I was right, wasn't I? And Tyler's like, okay, what do you want? Jules is like, I just want you to understand that a vampire will never be your friend. It's in our nature to be enemies. And Tyler says, do you know how stupid that sounds? He's right. It does sound stupid because it's like, what do you mean it's in your nature to be enemies? Like, especially because most vampires have never met you guys. Yeah. It feels like when you go on a college tour, like if you go on like Berkeley's college tour and they're always like, oh my God, us and Stanford, we have this crazy rivalry. And then you go to Stanford and they don't mention Berkeley once. It's like that yeah. kind of vibe. Like it's one person who's way more into a rivalry and the other one is like, oh, that's like a thing. And Jules says, you know, it's not safe here. You need to leave town. And he said, yeah, well, I'm not just going to run away with you. I don't know you. My mom would freak out. And my whole life is here. Yeah. He's like, first of all, I met you like two days ago. You're giving me a lot of information that I don't really get. And like, I'm not going to ditch my mom. He's like, nothing sells this to me, you know? And she says, hey, buddy, you got a new life now and it's just beginning. You got a lot to learn about being a lycanthrope. And he said, okay. And he's like, what's a lycanthrope? (laughs) He said, what's that big word you just said? He said, oh, sorry, I'm not a lycanthrope. I'm a werewolf. She's like, oh, God. (laughs) She's like, uh, she's like, I just, I just need, you just need him for the sacrifice, Jules. You just need him for the sacrifice. We'll get to that theory of yours. And then she says, look, we take care of each other. We're loyal. Like dogs. Makes sense. Yeah. Tracks. They're very leaning into the, the pack vibes with mm-hmm. this. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Damon is looking for John, but he's not around. Elena says, look, I don't know where John went. He just blew in and told Jenna that he's my dad. And then he left. So now we're all on the same page about him being my dad. And then Damon's like, hey, you okay?" And she says, yeah, but Jenna's head is spinning. And then Elena goes back to the real meat of the matter because no one cares what Jenna thinks. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's kind of crazy that Jenna knows that now. But it's also like, 
Why did no one tell Jenna that? It's just obvious everyone forgot to tell Jenna because (laughs) they were keeping everything else from her. They're like, like, oh, shoot, that thing we could have told her, huh? That would have been nice. They couldn't explain anything else about Isabel, so they just left that out. And then it was like, oh, shit. She probably should have known that. Yeah. Elena's like, look, I don't know why John is here. Stefan believes he's telling the truth about wanting to help, but I don't believe him. And Damon says, awesome, because neither do I. I think it's fair to not trust him. I mean, he's never done anything to prove he's worthy of trust. Yeah. He has only shown that he is a little rat boy who will switch sides the second there's a bigger piece of cheese. Yeah. And Damon says, well, I'm going to kill him. And then he says, actually, no, I'm joking. And then he says, well, (laughs) I'm a little serious. He said he was going to kill him. And then Elena was like, no. And he was like, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But if she had been on board, he would have done it. (laughs) And Damon says to Elena, hey, you need to calm down. Like, I'm a good guy now. And she's like, what? (laughs) She was like, what does that mean? Because him saying it, I'm starting to not believe him. And he says, look, I'm going to just go have a civil conversation with your father. And Elena says, well, I'm coming. (laughs) Probably good to go with. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Lockwood house. Tyler's relaxing in his dad's study. He's having a bag of chips. He opens a laptop and then he senses something and he turns around and Stefan's just standing there. Yeah, Stefan's just hanging out like, hey. He says, hey, I want to talk to you, not hurt you, buddy. And Tyler says, okay, um, why'd you break in? Tyler is not playing this off well. He seems pretty scared of Stefan, which I get Stefan did just break into his house. Yeah. But still. But Stefan raises a good point that Tyler probably wouldn't have let him in otherwise. Yeah. And so then Carol's like, hey, Tyler, I'm going to the funeral or the memorial. And Tyler, like, for a second, looks like he's going to go run to his mom. But Stefan stops him and is like, don't say a word. And Tyler doesn't say a word. And as soon as Carol is leaving, Tyler gets more scared again. And then we go into the woods where there is an RV and Jules is knocking on the door. So we know someone's in town. She calls out for Brady. Of course, his name is Brady. That is such a fucking werewolf name. They are doing too much with the werewolf's names. They're too, not doing too much, but they're always so like classic werewolf type names, you know, Mason. Brady, Mason, Jules, Jules. It's all like surfer, even Tyler. Yeah. What's another common werewolf name? I'd love for you to guess uh, some future werewolves. Oh, like Hunter, Turner, Cooper. What about some girls? Like a girl whose name's Samantha, but goes by Sam. De- there's definitely a Sam. Uh, I want to see if you pick any. Um... OK, so I haven't picked any yet. Well, no, I didn't say that. Oh, like Izzy, I bet. Um, any like nickname girl's name. Like Jules is one classic example. Yeah. Like a girl's name that like cuts off like the Ia or the E that makes it more girly. There's one name I want you to guess, but I don't think you're going to guess it. Think of like girls who are tomboys. Honestly, I was going to say cat, but I think that would be, I don't think they would do it because it's a wolf. So Jules knocks on the door. She calls out for Brady. And Brady comes outside and they kiss. And Brady is played by none other than Stephen Amell. Amel. I can never remember his name. He is a CW institution. He is most known for all of the CW DC shows. Most importantly, Arrow, where he plays the Arrow. I don't know what the actual name is. Green Arrow, I think, is the superhero's name. 
But he plays the titular arrow. <laughs> yeah, he plays the titular arrow. It's like a modern Robin Hood slash Batman kind of situation is what I know about it. I didn't even know that. I know because he's rich, but he's also giving Robin Hood. And I know the main girl like wears really ugly glasses. I know the main girl is Katie Cassidy, isn't it? I don't think it is. Her name is Felicity on the show, but I'm 90% sure it's not Katie Cassidy. Interesting. Don't correct us, anyone. I don't really care what's happening on Arrow. I only know it because he is very hot. Yeah, he's very hot. I think he also was on like an episode of New Girl where he played Cece's boyfriend and they were just like tripping on shrooms and he like wet his pants. I'm pretty sure that's him. Which is kind of iconic of a part. He plays a lot of hot guys. Yeah, he's just kind of a Cam Gigante type character. He's hotter than Cam Gigante. Well, he is, but they get a lot of the same auditions, I bet. I don't think so. I think Cam Gigante gets more comedic stuff because he has some comedic chops. That's true. And I don't believe Stephen Amell has those comedic chops. No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. Yeah, not everyone's a comedian. Yeah, Cam Gigante has proven to be able to do comedy. Stephen Amell, not so much. I mean, he can read the lines that are written right in front of him. Yeah, Stephen Amell, I bet, is pretty stupid. Yeah. Sorry, Stephen, if you're listening. (laughs) We don't know you. Feel free to prove us wrong. Yeah. And if you are stupid, that's fine. So are we. Honestly, Stephen, if you want to prove us wrong, come on the pod. Yeah, come on the pod. DM us. I will respond post haste. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so Brady says, are you sure that these vampires killed Mason? And she says, yeah, I'm positive. He clearly like wants to get back at them. And Jules is like, hey, let's not like be stupid. And Brady's like, I'm not afraid of vampires. And Jules is like, that's fine. But I want the boy, Tyler, Mm -hmm. more than I want vengeance. Brady says he wants both, which is a foolish plan, twas hubris, blah, blah, blah. And they make out. You'll never get both. Vengeance is a dangerous game. Yeah. So let's talk about what you think Jules wants the boy for. You know, not to get to criminal minds once again. But we notice when she talks about Tyler to pretty much anyone except Tyler, she calls him the boy. She does not ever say Tyler or she does like, oh, give me Tyler back. But she mostly says the boy. Now, I think she's trying to distance herself from it. She's purposely not saying his name because she's trying to remember he's just like an object that she needs for a purpose. So I think they're trying to break this curse, too. And they don't want to kill any of their friend werewolves. And they just happened upon a new one who is looking for a pack, looking for a family. She would sacrifice one to save the rest of the pack, I think. Don't you think that they would feel like they were betraying Mason by doing that? I don't think they knew Mason that well. I mean, Brady clearly is closer with Mason because he's like mad about this. But I think Brady is more mad because he like so prescribes to this pack idea. Like, let's remember, first of all, Mason is only a year old. So he's probably known them max a year, probably less. Second of all, you know, getting ahead of myself, they didn't know he was going to Mystic Falls for the Moonstone. He didn't tell them. He didn't tell them that. So I think that they honestly were not that close with him. And I think, especially after finding out he was getting the Moonstone and not going to mention it to them, it seems, you know, that loyalty, which was already tenuous, going to be out. I think they honestly just like, we're bringing him in as a new werewolf. I don't think they were like besties. Do you think they knew that he was dating Catherine and that Catherine was a vampire? I think if they knew he was dating a vampire, things would have been much different. I'm sure Catherine could have gotten out of that situation, but they would have tried to do the same thing they did with Caroline, I'm sure, because they would have probably figured out the Moonstone thing. I think at 
most. Mason said, I'm dating a girl named Catherine. And they were like, okay, whatever. So we don't care. We're not that close. And, you know, Catherine knew about werewolves, obviously. So I'm sure she was not like running to meet them either. I don't think they knew, essentially. So the gist is, you think Jules is going to sacrifice Tyler? Yeah, I think she wants to break this curse because honestly, the werewolves have it much worse with this curse. Yeah. They are a lot more vulnerable a lot more of the time. Because even though vampires are vulnerable in the sun, not really if they know the right witch. If they know one witch. It's not a hard spell, clearly. No offense to Bonnie, but she did it pretty simply. Yeah. So the werewolves have it worse. Obviously, they want this curse broken. And clearly, they are all like, they want to beat the vampires, which I get because the legend says the vampires killed most of them in the past. So I think they're just trying to break the curse. Sure. So then we go over to the Lockwood house where Stefan is not like pinning Tyler to the wall anymore. And Tyler says, hey, what happened to Mason? And Stefan says, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tyler, you can keep asking. The answer's not going to change. Damon killed him. I don't know what to tell you at this point. Well, one thing about Tyler is he will ask, like, a good question that he really should get the answer to, but he can be redirected so easily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like he would be like, oh, Caroline, how many vampires are there? And she'd be like, just me. Um, how many werewolves are there? And then he would completely forget about his question. Dumbass. He's my sweet little dummy. And Tyler's hesitant to like talk openly with Stefan. Tyler kind of wants to fight or like try to run. And Stefan says, just want to remind you, uh, without a full moon, you're really no match for me. And Tyler kind of accepts that. Well, because he's felt how strong Caroline is. Well, I guess he has no idea how much older Stefan or Damon are. But yeah, there's a lot of information he does not have. He knows he could probably be beaten. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go over to the memorial. Or as I like to call it, John's tour of insults, because John goes and sees a bunch of people and each one is meaner than the last. Yeah, you do start to feel for him after a while because just no one likes him. Like there is not a single person. Yeah. So he starts by going up and saying like, hey, Carol, what's up? And Carol's like, oh, it's good to have you back. So she's pretty nice to him. And then he says, oh, what's up with the council? And she says, oh, Damon Salvatore is leading it now. You should ask him. Bye. She's like, that was the most I could do. That was the nicest anyone is to him all day. And even she was not like super friendly. And she was just like as quick and civil as possible. So she could leave this conversation as quick as possible. Yeah. John next up finds Jeremy and Jeremy's like, oh, guess I slept through the homecoming. And John's like, yeah, you didn't miss much to say that no one is happy to see me would be an understatement. You got that right. Yeah. And Jeremy's like, yep, sounds about right. Jeremy says, yeah, things are different now. You really can't be anti-vampire anymore. We're kind of all on the vampire side now. And John says, well, it's really not my intention to be anti-vampire. Just making conversation. How's your ring treating you? And Jeremy's like, oh, if you want this ring back, then here you go, dumbass bitch. Yeah. And John's like, I was just making conversation. John's like, that's not what I'm here for. What kind of man would I be if I took that ring back? Anyway want to grab lunch and jeremy says i'll pass (laughs) yeah it's not crazy to think that john you're kind of a a douche yeah and yeah i love jeremy's like i'll pass (laughs) goodbye so then jeremy sees bonnie approaching and they smile at each other but then dr martin like sneaks up behind bonnie so the smile leaves her face pretty quick and she says hey fyi i want nothing to do with you or your son dr martin's like you must be feeling pretty confused 
And she's like, uh, no, the fuck I'm not. She's no, I'm not really confused at all. I'm actually just feeling like betrayed because you're both working for Elijah and you better not try to lie about it. He's like, oh, I'm not going to try to lie about it. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, that like that's out now. I mean, and he (laughs) says, but that doesn't mean I'm not also looking out for you. And she says, whatever. Fuck your witch loyalty. And Dr. Martin says, hey, believe it or not. Elijah's a man of his word, and he will keep his deal with Elena. And Bonnie says, well, I don't believe it. Do you believe it? At this point in time, information we have. I I think I do. Of all the people we could be trusting right now and all the different paths we could be going, I think he's the most trustworthy because he gave the best reason. And I don't get the sense that Jonas would like, like bald face lie to another witch. Yeah. Like, I think he'll distort the truth and, like, keep some things back. But I don't get the sense that he would say this to Bonnie unless he really believed it. Now, whether Elijah is on the truth side or not, I think Jonas does believe this, at least. Sure. But Jeremy takes Bonnie away from this conversation because she clearly doesn't want to be in it. And he wraps his arm around her. And Jonas is like, fuck, I thought Luca was in there. Yeah, he said, he said I thought Luca had it locked. He's like, not this white dude. He said, no, not that guy. Not a Gilbert. <laughs> so then we go inside the grill. Jenna is sitting with Alaric, and all she can talk about is Elena's biological parents, which to be fair, it is kind of a bombshell. We've all had a long time to live with it, so we're all not shocked by it anymore. But Jenna is just really contextualizing that not only is Elena's biological father, her sister's husband's brother, but Elena's biological mother is her boyfriend's deceased wife. Mama, it gets even more complicated than that, but we're not ready to have that conversation. <laughs> and Alex sitting there like, yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, like as though he also didn't know this. Like, he, he has no idea how to fake this. He cannot keep a straight face. Like, he's so freaked out. Jenna is like, I cannot believe they kept that secret. I can't even believe it's possible to keep a secret like that. And Alaric said, oop. Yeah, Alaric's like, damn, that is crazy. How do people do that? He's like, you, I, I am at a loss for words. I'm <laughs> at a loss. Me personally, I, I just could never. It just disgusts me. It is just disgusting. That little bitch of a dog. He's like, they should be put to death. And she's like, whoa. And he's like, okay, swung too far. Swung too far. He's like, okay, okay. I don't know how to react to this. I'm going to be honest. He said, I'm going to go get another drink. And so then John comes in and goes up to Jenna and Alaric and says, hey, can I join you guys? And Jenna says, do you have to? And he says, well, no, I don't have to, but I might as well. Yeah, I mean, he's already losing here. He's like, give me one win. He's like, please, I don't want to sit alone at this bar again. John spots Elena and Damon come in. And Elena's like, hey, Damon, like, just quick reminder. Don't do something stupid. Keep it together. Be the better man. And Damon, like, obviously is, like, affected by this comment. Yeah. But he pushes it off. And he approaches. He's like, John, hey, how you been? And John says, hey, good to see you, Damon. But there's some tension. It's not good to see them. Neither one of them is happy to see the other one. Yeah. <laughs> At least this time it's it's mutual. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go over to the Lockwood house where our boys are chatting. Stefan says, hey, first off, about Caroline, no matter what her flaws may be, bitch, name one flaw. First of all, she doesn't have any fucking flaws, Stefan. Let's start there. 
But he says, look, she's your friend. And at the end of the day, you're going to want her on your side and you shouldn't be a dick to her. People love to talk about Caroline like this. Like they'll be like, you know, she's a fucking selfish, superficial ass, dumbass bitch, but she's really cool though. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, can't you just say something nice? Can't you just say a compliment? Whatever. So Tyler says, hey, I thought vampires hated werewolves. And Stefan says, that's a leftover idea from another time. Now, Stefan doesn't really know that because he learned about the existence of werewolves maybe a month ago, but good spin. It's not true or not true. Honestly, most vampires literally have never thought about werewolves. Yeah. And obviously, Stefan's not a fan of them at the moment, but like, got to get Tyler on your side. So he's he is he is doing this. He's selling it. You know, Stefan does a pretty good job. He says, look, Tyler, we go to the same school. We have the same friends and we have the same secrets. This is both of our homes. I want this to work out. And this is a good spin, particularly because Jules was like, no, you need to leave. You don't have a home here. And Mm -hmm. Stefan is making the point like you can make a home here in spite of all this. Like you are able to do this. Me and Damon have done it. Caroline's done it. So it's really a perfect fit in terms of what Tyler needs to hear. But Tyler still is not quite there. He's very confused. And so then Tyler's phone starts vibrating. Stefan like looks at it like, is he going to pick that up? And then Tyler really quickly picks it up and he goes, help, help. (laughs) And he's like, no, Tyler. And so Stefan hangs up and says, hey, whose number was that? I'll give you one guess, Stefan. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, Tyler, I'm trying to save your life. Then we go over to the woods where Jules is walking around phone in her hand. So we know it was Jules calling if we couldn't already surmise that. Jules tells Brady that they have a problem. First of all, they don't really. Tyler's like making it seem like he's held hostage. He's really like not. I don't think that's even the problem she's referring to. What's the problem she's referring to? oh, he's with Stefan, like, the less he talks to vampires, the more they can give him all the information. Sure. That's why I think she's trying to build this, you know, wedge between him and Caroline, which notably, like, should be there because she did lie to him. But, like, she's purposely putting all that forward. And I think the more that he is allowed to talk to these people that he's already known longer, the harder it is to sell the werewolf thing, like, as a separate group. Yeah, they got a head start on Jules. Mm -hmm. So then we go back over to the memorial slash just the grill. No one is like even wearing black. No one is respecting this memorial. These poor dead people. There's one poster board of these kids and like one dozen yellow roses. It's rude. I'd be so fucking pissed if I'm up in heaven and I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like these people are making this all about themselves. Like, man, John Gilbert's here. John Gilbert came. And so Damon goes up to John and says, hey, you know, John, you seem to know a lot, but you won't say anything. And John's like, you know what? I'm honestly not sure that I can trust you. But John gives a little recap about what Stefan told him. He's like, look, I know that originals can compel other vampires, and that's why Catherine is in the tomb. And Damon says, yeah, well, all the Vervain left her system, but me and Stefan are drinking it. And of course, he calls it an acquired taste because they probably nearly throw it up every time they drink it. Well, I love this because I think John really thought he was like dropping a bomb that they that would be like, OK, great. That's a great piece of info. Like, maybe we should talk to him. And Damon was like, yeah, we're drinking Vervain. And John was like, you you are? <laughs> well, yeah, John's kind of implying that an original could compel them. But now they can't. 
he was kind of, I think, using it to be like, look, I know this scary thing that originals can do. Like, I might know more, but like they already knew this piece. So it doesn't really sell that he knows anything interesting or anything more than they do. So he has to find a new piece of info. And Damon clocks that John isn't wearing his ring. And so Damon says, you better tell me about Klaus or I'll kill you. And John says, how is that supposed to make me think we're on the same side? Which, good point by John. Not Damon's best move. I get why he's doing it. He's pissed. Yeah, I mean, what can you really say? What are they going to say to John that makes him trust them? He's never going to fully trust them, Mm -hmm. honestly. So what's the point? Yeah, John says, like, look, once I know we're on the same side, then we'll talk. So then we go outside in downtown Mystic Falls. Caroline is walking to her car and Matt approaches. She admits that she's been kind of avoiding him a little bit. And he says, look, I'm heading to work right now, but can we talk later? And she says, you know what? Sure, I'll swing by when you're closing. He's like, awesome. So then Caroline goes to get into her car and now Jules approaches and she says, hey, you seen Tyler? And Caroline says, no, not since earlier. And kind of acts like a little oblivious. And Jules says, hey, uh, I know you're lying. And Caroline turns around and says, how? One of your little wolf tricks? Yeah, she's like, I know you're a wolf too, bitch. <laughs> and Jules says, actually, yeah. You think this is true? That this is like a wolf thing? I think Jules just knows how to read people. I think she likes to say everything is a wolf trick. Well, she needs to get people scared of her because she's really only scary on a full moon. Can't blame her. Yeah, she's trying to put up a front and she's trying to like be the main wolf. But like, that's not a wolf trick. And Caroline says, well, you know, I have a trick too. And she like flashes her fangs in her veins. Unfortunately, Jules has vervain spray. So she sprays her. That incapacitates her. And then Caroline kind of gets her bearings. She turns around to fight again. Then Brady shoots her in the head. Yeah, I was not ready for that. We don't see that many guns on this show. I know. I know a gun is like a little less violent when someone tearing her head out, but it feels more abrupt. The gun felt more aggressive. Yeah. Anyway, so then we go back to the RV in the woods and Caroline wakes up in a cage in the RV, probably a cage they set up for full moons. Yeah. As werewolves. And so Caroline pulls the bullet out of her head. We can kind of assume it's a wooden bullet based on the pain she's in, but when it falls to the ground, it sounds metal. So I don't know. Well, even a wood bullet is going to have like a metal, you know, bit on it. Sure. So Caroline tries to break the cage, but she can't. And in her effort, she sees Brady sitting, looking very mean. Yeah, I don't like him. He says, hey, you got the bullet out. Well, I've got a ton of wooden bullets and other stuff. So it's going to be a long night. And then he shoots her again. Yeah, it's just like, okay, dude, we get it. It's just disrespectful. It's like misogynistic. It's just just like (laughs) this isn't like how you torture someone. Well, it is. I mean, we'll get more to it later. But he will like ask her a question then immediately shoot her. Like give her a chance to answer. He doesn't want the answers. He just wants to torture her and then kill her. Yeah, I thought he wanted information in some way. Their plan is to leave town once they kill these people. That's true. Like, they don't care how many vampires are really in town. They just want to kill the ones responsible for killing Mason. That's what I think he was. He wanted that information. He knows these three are the responsible ones, but he wants to know which one. He wasn't looking for that answer from Caroline because he knew that she was just tangential. But I think he like wanted that information from her because she was the one they grabbed. Like, but he clearly didn't want it that bad because he wasn't torturing correctly. I think he just wanted to lure the boys out. That could be. And then he was going to kill them all anyway. I don't think he really wanted information from her. 
I hope he didn't because he wasn't doing it right if he did. <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't getting any. So then we go over to the Lockwood house where Tyler's like, okay, if you want us to be friends, fine, we're friends. Can you go? And Stefan continues to try to explain. He says, look, I came back to town because I wanted a life here and friends and a family. I have that here and we both can. So then Stefan gets a phone call and it's coming from Caroline and he picks it up. But it's not Caroline. It's Jules. Stefan says, hey, everything okay?" And Jules says, that depends how badly you want to keep her alive. And Stefan's like, who is this? Yeah. (laughs) Use your contact clues, King. She says, ask your brother. Where's Tyler? And he says, well, where's Caroline? Stefan also drops Jules' name. So Tyler knows that Stefan is asking Jules about where Caroline is. So Tyler's starting to put the pieces together slowly. (laughs) He needs quite a bit fed to him, as is the case. But he's obviously like he's in a weird spot because he does obviously still care about Caroline. But he's like, what is happening? Yeah. And Jules says, you know, you made a mistake and I'm giving you a chance to fix it. And Stefan says, hey, where's Caroline? And Jules says, oh, I'll prove it. She's right here. And so she has Brady shoot her. So she screams on the phone. Stefan says, hey, if you hurt her again, you die. Jules says, actually, if I hurt her again, she dies. You have 20 minutes to bring Tyler to the clearing by Wickery Falls or I'll kill her. Effective. Effective. It will get him there. I don't know. This still seems like a short sighted plan. Yeah, obviously it like almost worked for them, but it just seems like this is a dangerous game to be playing. Yeah. You don't know how how many people in town have allies with these vampires. It just feels like short sighted. It feels very motivated by anger. Yeah. Wolves, which is never the way to start. Fucking wolves, baby. So then we go over to the grill where Jenna goes up to Damon and says, oh, my friend wants to meet you. And she introduces Damon to a woman whose name is Andy Sturr. She's the local news anchor. We saw her briefly on the news earlier in the episode, and she's played by an actress named Dawn Olivieri. She's from many TV shows. She often does one or two episodes on a show, oftentimes playing anywhere from a stripper to a cop. Most notably, her biggest roles that you might know her from are House of Lies and Heroes. I don't know her from either of those, but it seems like she's working. Good for her. Glad to see her here. So then he says, oh, yeah, I recognize you from the news because he was just watching the news earlier. And she says, well, can I buy you a drink? And he says, no. Yeah. She, so she's like, oh, I thought that was going to go better. I had the in with Jenna. She's like, first of all, I have the in with Jenna. Second of all, I'm a news anchor. I'm a local celebrity. My name is Andy Starr. I mean, here's a question. Andy's kind of a tomboy name. You think Andy's a werewolf? No. Okay. Because her last name's Starr. Yeah, exactly. A werewolf wouldn't be named Andy Starr. They'd be named Andy Jacobs or something. Why am I going to Jacob again? <laughs> the twilight conditioning is too strong. It's deep. It's deep in there. So Elena notices that Damon blew the news anchor off. And Damon says it's because he's steering clear of all women. And Elena says, okay, well, you don't have to be rude to her. And Damon says, it's really in the best interest of women everywhere. Yeah, it is, because you'll kill them. Yeah, because you keep killing them, buddy. Keeping that a secret from everyone, huh? So Elena gets a call from Stefan, and she's catching Damon up in the bathroom. And Damon is shocked as to how he's just finding out about this now, which is Tyler knowing all about Stefan and Damon. Yeah. Even Tyler knowing about like all this other stuff that Caroline's been hanging out with him since he told her to stop. Yeah. 
And Elena says, well, Stefan was worried that you would do something. And Damon's like, like what? Kill him? Yeah, I would have. <laughs> and she's like, see? And he says, yeah, and now that's what has to be done. And Elena says, no, please leave Tyler alone. She says, you can do whatever you want to save Caroline, but leave Tyler out of it. Damon says, like, he's a werewolf. He needs to die. And I'm willing to kill him. So win win. And Elena says, no, too many people are dead. So is it about Tyler at all? I mean, I think she I just, think it is. I think they're friends. I think it is. I'm just joking. The way she said that was funny. Yeah, it's just the theme of the episode, too, that Elena's like, no, you're a good guy now. Yeah. It's more of this. Yeah, it's more of that stuff. And so she says, please. And he says, hey, can you stop doing that? And she says, what? And he said, like, stop assuming I'll be the good guy just because you're the one who asks. And she just promptly ignores that. And she says, but please do it, though. Yeah, well, of course she assumes that, Damon, because every time she asks, you do it. Yeah, it works. Tried and true method. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, so she asks again. She says, please. And then he pretty much agrees to it. So (laughs) again, proving that. Her power. And then John comes in. He's like, hey, what's up? And both of them, like, roll their eyes immediately. They're like, could you not be here? Damon says, hey, you know, trust works both ways here. Leave. I'm not talking to you either. Elena says, look, we really don't have time for this drama. We need to get Caroline back. And Damon says, hey, John, here's a job for you as dad. Ground your daughter. And then Damon leaves. John agrees. Yeah, John's like, hell yeah, I got a job finally. John asks Elena to tell him what's going on. And so we, as the audience, go check out what's going on as we cut to the woods. Jules is on lookout outside the RV as Caroline is being tortured. Brady asks how many vampires there are in town, and then he sprays her with a vervain water gun. So he doesn't really give her a chance to answer, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, he just says, here's a question. Shoot, shoot. And she screams. And he's like, why didn't you answer that? I don't know, because she was busy screaming. Yeah, I think he's taunting her. Anyway, Caroline asks why he's doing this. And he says, "Uh, you're a vampire. Why not? He shoots her with a dart, blah, blah, blah. Brady comes outside to chat with Jules and she's like, have you like had your fun in there? And he's like, I'm just getting started. Once again, Jules says, look, all I want is the boy. It's our duty to help him. So maybe it's a loyalty thing. I don't know. She's laying that on pretty thick when Tyler's not there to overhear it. Also helping him to her is like separating him from every other person in his life. So not really a a good sign of what her priorities are. (laughs) (laughs) Brady says you want to talk about duty it's also our duty to help (laughs) duty (laughs) Brady (laughs) says you want to talk about our duty (laughs) (laughs) this is in a silly goofy mood it's okay I'll get to it so Brady said you know you're right it is our duty to help him but it's also our duty to get back at these vampires for what they did to Mason. If they cross one of us, they cross all of us. Very much a pack mentality. Laying it on a little thick. We get it. But it's like, okay, you guys didn't know Mason that long. Well, that's your assumption. Well, no, I'm saying there's no way they knew him more than a year. Maybe they knew him before he turned. Maybe they knew he had the gene and they said, we better hang out with that guy in case he ever kills a guy. I guess perhaps. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like they seem to be hunting down after their werewolves. Never assume. But Brady also, you know, seems hot headed. I'm sure he jumps at a chance to kill vampires. That seems to be a werewolf type beat. They're hot headed. 
I guess that's the whole thing. Yeah, they're just angry all the time. They're fighting. They're hitting their sons. Yeah. So then we go back over to the grill. John tells Elena not to leave the restaurant because he's here to protect her. And she's like really not into listening to this. So then John takes this moment to just make Elena feel even worse. And he says like, hey, you can't trust Elijah BTW and putting your faith in him was a dumb move. And Elena's like, oh, I'm sorry. Who should I put my faith in? You? After everything you did to Stefan and Damon? And he says, okay, yeah, I made mistakes, but we're family. It's like that doesn't actually mean anything because you also, let's not forget when you killed Jeremy's girlfriend. And remember, Stephanie, you still think that John might have killed his own brother. Or do you still think that? I wouldn't be shocked if he did. I'll say that. I think his brother was probably the only person on the planet who liked him. Sure. So that would have been dumb on his part. I don't think he did. But if it happened, I wouldn't be that surprised. So Elena says, no, actually, the word family is off limits to you. And he says, maybe doesn't change the facts. And she says, you know what? Fine. You might be my father, but I'm never going to be your daughter. Get him, girl. He never thinks anyone's going to have something to say to him. And he loses every conversation he's ever in. It cannot be fun to be John Gilbert. So then we go back out to the RV in the woods. Jules is on lookout and she senses Stefan nearby. So she calls out to him. And so Stefan comes out of the woods holding Tyler by the bicep and asks where Caroline is. And Jules says, Caroline is locked up tight. And Stefan said, awesome. I'll release Tyler if you release Caroline. I don't want things to get any messier and I'm really not your enemy. Jules says it's a little late to wave a white flag to which Stefan could say, you too, bitch. Like, it's not like any of us have been nice to each other. Neither one of you is really in the right here. Yeah. And so Stefan says, okay, you need to leave town. She says, well, I don't really want to leave without Tyler. And Stefan says, oh, Tyler can make his own decision on if he wants to go with you after Caroline is released. Yeah, because he's like, I wasn't holding Tyler hostage. Like, he was scared of me, but we were talking. Like, he can do what he wants. I don't really give a fuck. He's like, I really don't care if Tyler leaves town or not. That's not my business. I don't I don't know this guy. Stefan's like, I'll take it one further. I don't care if he lives or dies. And Tyler's like, what? I met this guy like two days ago, it feels like. I know I've known him longer, but... But I couldn't tell you a thing about him. Well, I haven't said two words to the man. And so then Damon approaches and he says, my brother, the peacemaker. So it's a real good cop, bad cop. Damon says, look, I'll let Stefan try his way before my way, which is bloodier. So give us Caroline. And she says, well, release Tyler. And they say, well, release Caroline. And Damon says, you know what? It's not a full moon. So it actually wouldn't even be an even fight. And you know it. But, of course, Jules has thought of this because she's not a complete and total dumbass, unlike many of her pack. She wouldn't have done this without a full moon, without at least some backup. Yeah, so she whistles, and there's quite a bit of backup that comes. We can assume they're werewolf friends carrying stakes, and one guy has a propane tank uh, flamethrower-type tool. And she says, give us Tyler. And they say, okay, Tyler, head on over. Yeah, and Tyler, Tyler's like, do I have to? <laughs> and so Tyler goes and stands with Jules, and then Brady says, hey, which one of you killed Mason? And Damon says, that'd be me. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, that one was me. And yeah. Brady says, all right, boys, make sure that one suffers. And Stefan and Damon look at each other like, what the hell we gonna do now? 
they've beat off bigger crowds before. And one thing about werewolves, they may be strong, but they do not get a fast run. Slows them down. Damon says, oh, we can take them. And Stefan's like, I don't know. Stefan's like, it's precarious at best. So Damon runs for the RV and goes to fight Jules first. Meanwhile, Stefan grabs the werewolf with the flamethrower and just aims him at the other wolves. They are dumb. And also because the wolves who are, you know, being shot with flames are like shooting at their friend. Yeah. It's like not no one is winning there except Stefan. And so then a wolf flips off the RV, and as he does it, Damon takes his heart out and throws it out. Let's toss that out of there. Yeah, so then Tyler gets in the RV, and he sees Caroline locked in a cage, and Caroline's like, awesome, Tyler, so glad you're here. There's a latch on the door, and I can't get it to open. And then Tyler hesitates, and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he just kind of stands there for a second, and she's like, Tyler, I'm in a fucking cage. I just got shot 20 fucking times. Outside, someone shoots a stake at Stefan. He catches it. Inside, Caroline continues to beg Tyler until finally he does help her. Then outside again, Stefan catches another stake and then throws it at a wolf's neck. One wolf gets a stake into Stefan from behind, but it's just a brief peck and it doesn't go into the hut. So you dumbass. Yeah, you had one fucking job. Then we go back inside. Tyler gets the latch undone, pulls Caroline's cage open. Damon is fighting Brady now, but then Jules gets Damon with a wooden bullet. And then Caroline gets out of the RV to see that things are not looking good. And she's not very strong right now. I mean, she's been through the ringer tonight. And then Jules grabs Caroline and pins her against the RV and points a gun at her. Tyler watches and stays quiet. So right now we've got Caroline pinned against the wall with a gun to her back. Stefan cut by a stake, kind of tired on the ground. Damon shot by a wooden bullet, kind of tired on the ground. So things are not looking good for our heroes at this moment. Yeah, we still have Jules and Brady like ready to go. So, you know, it's not looking very solid. And Tyler is of no help to anyone on either side at this point, honestly. Tyler is just watching and staying quiet. It's a lot to take in. Caroline is like looking at Tyler like, please help me. And he does not know what to do in this case. And I can't blame him for it but I can. Then Brady grabs a stake and goes to stake Damon, but something happens. All of the werewolves except Tyler, like clutch their heads, which we've seen happen before with like the aneurysm thing that Bonnie does to vampires. Yeah. And so we're not quite sure where it comes from at first. And then we see Dr. Martin approaching. Yeah. He's got his hands out. He's clearly controlling the spell. And then Dr. Martin says, look, Elijah made a promise to Elena and I'm here to see it's upheld. So get out of here now. Yeah, he's like, hey, Elijah said you'd all be protected and I'll make sure that happens. We don't need to have this little war right now. And so they do leave. They realize it's not going somewhere. Yeah, they know this was a rough night and it's it's their time to go. And so then Dr. Martin turns to Tyler and says, hey, when your friends wake up, give them a message. Get the hell out of town. Which honestly is the smart move for them. Yeah. I am sure there are perhaps other reinforcements Jules could call, but this is probably the most loyal ones. And they all seem to be pretty dead, but that this is the question of like, how effective are werewolves at healing? Because like the hurt thing, obviously they died, but we saw like a snapped neck. Vampires can heal snapped necks. Vampires can heal snapped necks. But werewolves can't, it seems. It's a little unclear. 
Because there's no like one way to kill a werewolf, it seems, because we have the silver myth debunked. That we know of. The only way we've seen werewolves really killed is hurts torn out or just generally ways that a human would die. Yeah, something that like if you die before the healing can set in, I guess. We can assume also that many of these werewolves are dead based on the actions at the end, how we only see Jules, Brady, and Tyler at the end of it. And the ways we see many of them get killed, like one gets his heart torn out, sure. But we see one get a snapped neck and one staked in the neck. Very human ways to die. Okay, here's one thought. Vampires, you know, we know as a fact are like dead. So them coming back from like those kind of typical deaths. That's true. Maybe easier, whereas a werewolf has never officially died. So they may like, they might be able to heal like cuts and stuff. You know, maybe like a broken bone would heal faster because we saw a couple episodes ago, like their bones break into new shapes mm-hmm. when they transform, you know? So maybe it's like you can die more like a mortal because you're not immortal as a werewolf. So yeah, it's just more human and you get like some healing power, but it's clearly not able to bring you back from the dead. Yeah, it's per- it's still partly human. So let me cut over to the Forbes house. Stefan is dropping Caroline off. Her mom is not home, and so he offers to stay if she needs help. He tells her she doesn't have to pretend not to. And like he's like, you went through a lot. It's okay if you're upset. And she said, look, I'm fine. I'm not little girly Caroline anymore. I can handle myself. And he says, you sure can. And she says, I just want to take a shower, honestly. Good night. And he leaves her, but she's obviously a little more hurt than she's letting on. Yeah, she's trying to show that she was strong because she doesn't want to admit how scary that was. I mean, she gets shot in the head. Yeah. Like, that's pretty scary, even if you didn't die. And she's like, I mean, you can see she just looks exhausted. I mean, she's been really put through the ringer Mm -hmm. in a way that she hasn't really been so far. Like, I think she had her like struggles in the beginning when she was killing people and she was working so hard to not do that. And she's kind of she kind of found a rhythm with the vampire thing in a way. Yeah, she's kind of been hanging out. That she's been kind of like doing tiny fights, no one big, no one like really scary. So this was her real first like big scare since being a vampire, I think. Mm -hmm. So then we go over to the Salvatore house where John has come to talk to Damon and Damon accepts the conversation. John admits that despite his personal feelings, he knows that the Salvatores will do everything to protect Elena. So he brought them something and he tells them that this is how you kill an original. He has a vial of ash from the white oak tree, which dates back to the genesis of the originals and a dagger that must be dipped in the ash and plunged into their heart. Do you buy that this is how you kill an original? Do you think John is telling the truth here? I buy this in theory. I wouldn't like go run up to an original with this just out of the blue. I would like some information on how he has this info, like how Isabel specifically found it, because we can assume Isabel figured this out. But I'm sure we'll get some info on how the originals really came to be, because there is the question of, you know, how did they become vampires without another vampire to turn them? Yeah. And I mean, a dagger wouldn't kill a normal vampire. So what's what's this dagger got? A spell. Okay. Who knows if the dagger itself, like he didn't really specify that it needed to be that specific dagger. Sure. I think it makes sense that if it goes with that, because if there were one single dagger that could kill an original, how the fuck did Isabel get it? Sure. Yeah, don't you think Klaus would have it? I could believe that there are different pots of ash that have floated around like random, more powerful vampires, whatever. If it's one single dagger, like if I'm Klaus, that's under my pillow at night, baby. Like mm-hmm. I am not, I'm not taking any risks with that. Yeah. 
John says he learned this from Isabel, who is, quote, very good at finding out things. John says, look, if she accomplishes what she's attempting, Klaus is never going to set foot in Mystic Falls. What do you think that means? So that's crazy. I mean, leave it to Isabel to just swing real big. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how Isabel got all this information. This is crazy. I don't know how she could possibly be that good at researching because she seems to get all this information that like most vampires don't seem to know. Well, it's not like Stefan and Damon were looking for any information. Yeah, but like they didn't even seem to really know like much of anything about the originals. Yeah. You know, Rose gave them most of that information. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Isabel has been a vampire for like 10 minutes, max 10 years, has all this information that like even Rose didn't have this information. Like, so she must be very good at it. I don't know where she's getting this information. Maybe from Elijah. I'll throw that out. I don't know what she could do to keep Klaus from Mystic Falls short of killing him. I mean, and maybe she wants to kill Klaus too. You know, and now I'm going to lean into this. <laughs> maybe she is like teamed up with Elijah. They both want to kill Klaus. I mean, why would he be so down to protect Elena? But I don't know how she would have gotten Elijah on her side that quickly. And I don't think she would really fight that hard to protect Elena. No offense. Well, also you have to remember that Isabel's friends with Catherine. So if she's teaming yeah. up with Elijah, where does that leave Catherine in all of this? I think she would find a way for Catherine to live if possible. But like, I, I don't think Elijah's going to fight for Catherine. I don't think Isabel would fight that hard for Catherine either. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's friends with her. Isabel is the same vibe as Catherine. It's self-preservation above all but there's nothing isabel has to do to preserve herself klaus isn't wanting to kill isabel if anything she's making herself more of a target by getting involved so it's not really about self-preservation for isabel well i'm saying that in the fact that like she's not like helping Catherine at the moment she's not going to sacrifice herself for Catherine. yeah and if isabel knows how to kill an original it's not a crazy leap that she knows how to undo the compulsion of an original okay but John says, look, Damon, we are on the same side where Elaine is concerned. So then we check back over at the Forbes house. Caroline is pulling things out of herself that were shot into her and cleaning up when she gets a call from Matt. And he's like, hey, what happened? And she says, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she comes up with the first lie that comes to her mind. And she says that something came up with Bonnie and she needed her. And she's with Bonnie right now as a friend. But Matt, unfortunately, can see where Bonnie really is. And that's at the grill with Jeremy. Owie. Yeah. And this is just unfortunate because Caroline could not have known Bonnie was there. She had no way to, like, tell the truth in this situation. She just picked something that was, like, unoffensive, you know? And Caroline says, look, I won't make it, but can I see you tomorrow? And he says, sure. But he seems a little suspicious. Yeah, because probably in his mind, she's hanging out with Tyler. He's worried about that, I'm sure. As soon as she gets off the phone with Matt, there's a knock at the door and it's Tyler. He asks if she's okay because he says he had no idea that they would go after her. And maybe he's stupid, but come on. I don't know. He had to know that once they knew about Caroline and knew about all these vampires, that this was not going to end well. I mean, I'm sure he didn't like, I think he just honestly didn't think that much of it. I think he was just dealing with his own shit that it was like personally offensive to him that she lied, but it's just like he should have been able to put these pieces together. Yeah. She says, do you know what they did to me? And he says, I'm sorry, but everything is really crazy right now. I don't know who to trust because you lied to me. 
And she said, you know, I lied to protect my friends and you. And you just stood there when they were going to kill us. He says he didn't know what to do. And she says, I'll tell you what you do. You help your friend. She says, she's fine. We're not friends anymore. And what happened tonight will never happen again. So take that back to your stupid little werewolf pack and get the hell out of my house. And the thing is, they're both right because Caroline can't help but be angry. But Tyler is not working with the same information that Caroline's been working with for a long time. It is not fair to expect him to make the same well-rounded decision that Caroline is suggesting. Well, yeah, Caroline's been settled into this for a lot longer. And Tyler was still dealing with the fact that his like one close friend who helped him through this very tumultuous time with his first transition lied to him. That felt like a massive betrayal to him. And honestly, to Caroline, that is so small potatoes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get I would be pissed, too, that like this girl is standing with a gunpoint at me and this guy who's supposed to be my friend has nothing to say. But also, like, Tyler didn't think he was going to be in that situation that night. What is he going to say? Like, he doesn't know Jules that well. He doesn't know how to talk her off this ledge. Like, he doesn't know how to protect Caroline like that. I don't think he honestly would have had any idea what to do. And I think he just froze, but that doesn't change the fact that like had Jonas not showed up, like they would all be dead. And like, yeah. it would be at least somewhat on Tyler. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena's at the fridge. John sneaks up on her and apologizes for earlier. She says, look, I don't want you here. And I really can't make it any clearer. She's like, I know you say you're here to protect me. Well, get in fucking line, baby. And he takes this moment to kind of make peace by giving her a charm bracelet that he says belonged to her mother. And by her mother, he means Miranda, her adoptive mother, the mother she always knew, not Isabel. Yeah, because he says mother and she's like, oh my God. And he's like, no, 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 Miranda. (laughs) He says, yeah, Miranda wore this a lot when she was younger and I found it in a box that my brother left. And you had a theory about this charm bracelet. That it's spelled in some way. I could see this honestly being the same situation as the Gilbert Rings. Because I think, you know, I don't trust John, but I don't think he necessarily wants Elena to die either. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just kind of like a safeguard. That would be a way to be a safeguard. Yeah. And John says, look, Miranda and Grayson were your parents. I know I'm nothing to you and you have no reason to believe or trust me. But you have to remember that when you lost your parents, I lost my brother I lost my family and I lost my way. And I know I can't make everything right, but I do want to protect you and this family. And she's like, hmm. Yeah. Elena cries. Stefan comes in and they hug. Stefan overheard the conversation. He says he's fine. And Elena says that she does not believe John, even after all of that. And I have to agree. Yeah. It's only, you know, day one of him back. And he's had, you know, at least a few months to prep a return to make people trust him. He had this set. This wasn't like a spur of the moment thing he thought about. Like this was a bargaining chip he brought with him. Yeah, he went to Macy's and bought this charm bracelet well in advance. I could believe it's actually her mom's, but but like he brought it as a bargaining chip. He didn't bring it to be like, oh, I thought you would want something of your mom's. So then Elena asks how Caroline is and what happened tonight. And Stefan says, she's okay, but I could use your help. And Elena's like, finally, I keep just getting trapped places. So then we go to the RV in the woods where Brady and Jules are recuperating. There's a knock at the door and it's Tyler. He comes in and he says, I'm sorry about your friends. Brady invites him to sit, offers him a sip from a bottle of whiskey. And Tyler says, 
it's not always like this, is it? He says, it's not always like this, is it? And then they're kind of quiet for a second. He says, is it? Like, he does not know what to do with this. Yeah, Jules and Brady say, no, it's not always like this, but you are living in vampire country. It's way better than this. And Tyler says, Mason didn't tell me anything about this. He died before I turned. And they're like, hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't line up with the timeline they thought. Although Jules kind of knows he's brand new, so she thought maybe. It was questionable, but I think they thought that there was more overlap. There was kind of this understanding of like, why did Mason stay here so long? And then they found out Tyler was a werewolf now and they were like, okay, that's probably why. Yeah. And so then him saying this is like, oh, so that's definitely not it. Yeah, so Brady says, I'm just confused why he was even here. And Jules is like, his brother died, Brady, you dumbass. He says, yeah, but I don't understand why he was stupid enough to stick around. And Tyler, because he has no idea what information is important or not, says, oh, he was looking for a rock. And they said, Rock? They said, what kind of rock? (laughs) They said, well, it was a moonstone. And Jules looks at Brady and she's like, oh, I had no idea. And Brady says, well, did Mason find it? And Tyler says, yeah. And Brady says, where is it? And Tyler says, I couldn't tell you. He just, he had no idea what a fucking massive bombshell this was. Just to end with like, oh yeah, I don't know where it is. (laughs) Couldn't couldn't tell you. And they're just like, the moonstone was here? (laughs) so then we cut over to the forbes house stefan arrives and knocks at the door and caroline answers and she's fresh out of the shower she looks great and stefan says you know i was still a little worried about you so i brought backup and it's elena and bonnie and he brought them for a slumber party because they haven't done in ages they hug they cry elena mouths i love you to stefan Stefan mouths it back and then gracefully bows out. It's a really beautiful, sweet female friendship moment shepherded by a very supportive boyfriend in Stefan. And it's sweet to see. And he knows that like, that's what she needs right now. Like she doesn't need to just talk about all the vampire stress with Stefan all the time. Like she just needs to be around her friends, recuperate from this very traumatic night that she just had. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. In a very hard cut, we see Damon in the bathtub with our new girlfriend, Andy Starr. And they are naked. Obviously, they're in a bathtub. (laughs) And they're fully dressed. Damon's in a tux in the bathtub. (laughs) And Andy is very shocked he called because she was worried she was way too forward when she gave Jenna her number to give to him. And also, she's shocked because he was like, no, I don't want to drink. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) And Damon says he likes a woman who knows what he wants. But really... What he wants is a distraction because as he goes on to tell her, he's dealing with a problem that's messing with his mind, that he's in love with a woman he can never have. And Andy says, wow, I know how to pick them. Girl, boy, do you? Yeah, she's like, oh, not again. She's like, you would be shocked how many times I've been in the bathtub with someone who was in love with someone else. (laughs) Plus, he's a vampire. Plus, the girl he's in love with is a high school student. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, oh, so I assume she's with another man. And Damon says, yeah, but that's not really the point. Like, she really wants me to be like a better person. And it's driving me crazy because I'm not in control. And I don't trust myself around her or anyone because I'm a bad person. BTW, FYI, I kill people. And Andy's like, (laughs) what? Andy's like, okay, that one's new for the bathtub. So quickly, Damon compels her to not be afraid and that she's okay. So she's very relaxed for the rest of this because she knows she's okay because she was compelled to believe that. Yeah, love that. Good for her. And she says, hey, so why do you kill people? And he says, well, you know, I like it. It's in my nature. But the thing is about me is that I have to keep it together to protect her 
Elena. And she wants me to be a better man, which I can't be because then I'm not being myself. And Andy says, well, maybe you're just changing, you know, like love changes us. Now she's like, maybe that's just you now, though. And he says, "Mm, I don't like that. Can you just distract me? And she's like, "Okay." so they make out and then he bites her. He has some blood. The blood uh, rolls down her back. She seems like a little into it, a little scared. You think he killed her? I don't think so. I mean, it would be awfully dumb of him. Yeah, that's not to say he hasn't killed someone dumb before, but he does seem to be more in control of this than like early on you know he has kind of reverted back to killing random people instead of blood bags he had really taken a break from from the fresh ones but he definitely seems to like be aware why he's doing this and that he's like having an identity crisis and so i think he is smart enough to not kill the new news anchor who jenna introduced him to but you know I could be wrong. Yeah, but maybe that's wishful thinking. That that might be uh, just hopeful. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the tomb, which none of us were expecting to go to today. Yeah, we thought we were kind of just, we all knew Catherine was there and that was it for now. <laughs> Catherine is just hanging out when who approaches but John. And Catherine's like, oh, John's here? And he says, I know you were expecting someone else. Isabel was busy, but she sent me instead. And Catherine basically confirms that she was hoping Isabel would come. And John says, look, Isabel got your message, but she is busy and she sent me instead. Catherine says, anybody know you come to this tomb? And John says, nope, no one knows I'm here. It's between you, me and Isabel. And Catherine says she wants out of this tomb. And John says he's already on it. That's the end of the episode. So what do you think John and Isabel are working toward? Why do you think they want Catherine out of the tomb? And how do you think he's already on getting Catherine out of the tomb? Well, he made a point to say, like, Isabel got your message. So I don't think it was, like, accidental that she was like, you guys should ask Isabel about the originals. I think she was like, that is my trump card to play. When this plan gets out of my hands, that is my sign that I need Isabel to come. Why do you think John and Isabel want Catherine out of the tomb? I think clearly if, Isabel is doing something that will like make Klaus a non-issue. I assume she at least got some of this information from Catherine. That makes sense because Catherine knew Klaus personally. Catherine knew Klaus and her wanting to get rid of Klaus. Like, I don't know why she would want that without like some other information, like maybe from Catherine and why these people are working together. I don't know. It's just showing that they have their own little plan going on as usual. And I have no idea what that is because I can never read what Catherine's intentions are because she is just an enigma to me. I don't know why Catherine and John work together, honestly. Like, I don't get what is useful for Catherine about that. I don't get why Isabel's working with John. I don't really know what John brings to the table, essentially. (laughs) Well, so also the last thing I want to talk about is John said that he's already on it, getting her out of the tomb. What do you think his plan is to get Catherine out of the tomb? The same idea that, you know, he doesn't need a witch at this point. It's just compulsion. Yeah. That you would think Isabel and him would know how to undo this original compulsion the way they know how to kill an original. So whatever that takes, I don't know what that takes, but maybe they need ash from a different kind of oak or something, you know? So I think that's essentially they know what they would need to get for that. Like, I don't know how quickly they would want Catherine out necessarily. Like, 
they must trust her quite a bit if they're willing to get her out of this tomb. Because otherwise you would think that Catherine would just leave town. Why wouldn't she? So they must trust her enough to like stick around for whatever they're planning. I assume some of it has to do with like, if Isabel's plan never brings Klaus to Mystic Falls, that assumes that he just like wouldn't need the doppelganger for some reason. Yeah. And if he doesn't need the doppelganger, he probably wouldn't need revenge on Catherine. Sure. So that's a selling point to Catherine as well. Yeah, that makes sense. She still has other stuff to run from because she's forever making enemies, but she at least has one less major one big threat. enemy off the off the block. Yeah. Well, that's the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are liking the Vampire Diaries or you're liking Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.